Hello, this is Courtney Given with Mindset for Medical Moms, Episode 4, How to Actually Achieve Your Goals, Part 1. Welcome to Mindset for Medical Moms. I'm your host, Courtney Given, fellow medical mom and life coach. I'm here to help you handle everything from doctor's appointments to surgery so you can feel confidence and peace as you navigate the ups and downs of medical motherhood. This podcast will share strategies and real life tools to strengthen your mindset and increase your emotional resilience. I'm so glad you're here. Let's go. Hello, beautiful mamas. How are my friends doing out there in the podcasting land? How is this new year treating you? Three days in. Anything scary happened yet? January of 2021. Wow, I know we are all keeping our expectations low. I think we all were collectively shook from 2020. We were like, yeah, we are not going to have any expectations right now. Because otherwise, we're just going to be really miserable. And 2020 was freaking chaotic. And I just want to remind you that if you're listening to this, you made it through that, which is significant. Seriously, I hope you are celebrating everything that you were able to get through in 2020. It was not easy. And even with all of the chaos in 2020, I still believe that making goals or setting intentions, or making plans for 2021 is a good idea. And part of that reason is because progress, progression, is a natural desire as a human being. In other words, we want to grow. We want to grow in all different ways, spiritually, physically, mentally, emotionally. And one of those ways is by setting goals. And this episode will be dedicated to how to actually achieve those goals. And when I first started writing this episode, I thought it was going to be in one podcast episode. And I realized it was getting so long that I had to split it up. So this might be a little bit longer of an episode than I have previously posted, but it's going to be chock full of really good information. And part two is going to be pretty dang awesome too. So stick around. And this episode, I'm going to first start off by busting some goal myths. There are a lot of myths around setting goals and things that you may be believing about your goals or yourself. And in the second part of this episode, I'm going to talk about what you need to set a goal, which is the why. Okay, and my perspective is a little bit different than most people. Okay, accomplishing goals can sometimes feel like a mystery. It, it feels simple at the start, right? You want this thing and then there's getting there. You see kind of a direct pathway. And for some reason, it doesn't always work like a direct pathway. You're like, wait, why is getting there so hard? Now what do I do? Why is it so hard? And sometimes we even take just the first few steps into our goal and it does not feel good. It feels rather crappy. So we stop. Or we go for a while, but then we stopped feeling motivated. So we stop. Or maybe you are working towards a goal and then your birthday comes and you quote, fall off the wagon, end quote, and you feel like it's too much work to start over. So you don't, and you keep moving forward without working on your goal. First, I want to say these are normal. And if you've experienced this, you are a normal person. I've done this. My friends have done this. My husband has done this. Everybody I know who is a very successful, uh, by normal standards person is has experienced this where we give up and we start again and we give up and start again. Sometimes there's a lot of goal shame out there where we experience shame for either not accomplishing our goals or 
quitting on our goals. And I'm going to dive into this a little bit more, but I just want you to know that this is normal. You are not the only person to have given up on a goal in the past. And so the first myth I want to dispel when you are working towards your goals this year, this month, next month, whatever it is, there is no starting over. Okay, there is no proverbial falling off the wagon, because there is no wagon. Literally, there is no wagon, you're not on a wagon. And that phrase like, oh, I just fell off the wagon, usually in relation to exercising or dieting, it is really like visual for us. I'm a very visual person. So it honestly really appeals to me. Um, like you physically jumped off a wagon or fell it off, fell off of it. But that's not true. There's no such thing as a wagon. You're not on a wagon. You are experiencing life. That's what you're doing. You just continue on because there is just you moving forward. And if you even fall off this proverbial wagon, you're not going backwards. You are progressing forward always. Okay. You're progressing forward because even if you took a month long break from actively working on your goal, you still take all the experiences and knowledge and progress that you've had before. So if you worked on your goal for six weeks, whatever it is, and then you stopped for four weeks, it's not like all of that work prior just disappears. You get to take all of that experience from those six weeks and the four weeks that you stopped because that counts too, okay? You can learn lessons from when you take breaks from your goals, believe it or not. And in fact, those might be the best places to learn from. Why did you stop? What were you feeling? What were you thinking? All of those stops, those breaks along the path forward, those will be your greatest teachers. But you don't just like stop and start over and stop and start over. It's all collective. Okay, I want you to, you can still envision this path that you're on, right? I still like to think of myself on this path. But there's no wagon that you're falling off and getting back on or getting off on getting back on the path, right? You're still on the path. You're still on the path. And you're still going forward. You're just doing different things. And you get to keep learning from your experience if you choose to. It's about intention, right? You need to be intentional with what you are taking from your experiences. Progression itself is not a linear goal. So these ups and downs you have are normal. And it all counts. All the downs are not you hopping off the wagon. If anything, our journey to achieving a goal is like a roller coaster. Okay, half of the time, it's going to be fun and exhilarating and really motivating. I don't know if you're feeling motivated on a roller coaster, but maybe you're motivated to get to the roller coaster, the the amusement park, rest in peace during 2020. Um, the amusement parks that we used to enjoy, we're motivated to get there, we get there and they're fun and exhilarating. And then half the time, they're scary and nerve wracking and hot and sweaty. And our five year old is crying because they don't want to wait in line anymore. Okay. Again, it's more like a roller coaster than a wagon. When you're starting a new goal, and then you stop focusing on it. And I just mean like you're less intentional about it and you feel like you're quitting and you want to start again. There is no shame in starting again, refocusing your efforts, gathering back your focus and your motivation. Okay, because again, it's not like you're actually starting from scratch. You're just continuing on. You're continuing forward down that path that you are creating, your unique path. Okay, so that was the first myth. The next myth I want to dispel is that you're not going to feel good all the time. Now, this may seem obvious, but I will tell you, I've had clients and myself, for that matter. Sometimes we believe that when we feel good, things are going right. And when we feel bad, things are going bad right? We associate positive emotion with 
making the right choice and negative emotion with being a sign that something is wrong. So when self-doubt creeps in about you starting a graphic design business or offering photography sessions, you stop posting about them. You stop offering your services. And then you stop offering your services and you don't get inquiries. And you say, see, I knew I was right to doubt myself. And it becomes this self-fulfilling cycle because you associated self-doubt with something is wrong. But it's normal. It is normal to have the good feelings wear away a little bit. Sometimes it's going to wear off and you might feel a little crappy. Maybe you've been consistently working out for the first few weeks of January and then one day you wake up and you start feeling anxious and your brain's like, hey, I don't want to work out. Working out is hard. I'm tired. My muscles are sore. So maybe you postpone it for a few hours and you just feel anxious again and you decide to skip a day, which turns into three days, which turns into three months. Ask me how I know that. (laughs) Personal experience, ladies, personal experience. I can attest to the realities of thinking this way, where you're like, okay, it feels very uncomfortable. I'm not seeing any progress. So maybe I shouldn't even try. Right? Wrong. Being uncomfortable is not a sign that you should quit or give up. Feeling any negative emotion is not necessarily a sign that you are doing something wrong. Discomfort is part of the process, and this goes for disappointment, self-doubt, not feeling confident, or any other negative emotion that pops up for you. It's completely normal because you are a human that feels emotions. And speaking of self-doubt, self-doubt is a really common one, especially with goal setting, especially when you're going outside your comfort zone. If you're doing something new, you're going to doubt yourself. It's normal. And your job is going to be to manage that self-doubt because those thoughts that you think about yourself are not the boss you are the boss the person listening to those the conscious soul inside of you that's the boss those thoughts are not the truth because any self-doubt thought is most likely going to be very unhelpful for you in achieving the result you want and the result is the goal right? Whatever that is, organizing your house, losing weight, making money, exercising, cooking at home, planting a garden. That is the result you want to accomplish. And if you've never planted a garden before, you're going to have some self-doubt. And when you kill your first plant, which is probably inevitable, you're going to say, well, maybe I shouldn't have a garden. It's normal. Okay. Number three, the last myth I want to dispel is that you need motivation to keep going. This is a lie. This is not true. This is a myth. And I know this is a myth because I've personally experienced feeling very unmotivated and still being able to generate more helpful emotion and still accomplish the things I want to do. Also, I've had clients who feel they are very unmotivated still be able to do what they want to do because motivation is just like this nice little spark. It's a little boost in energy, but it's a very unreliable one and it kind of comes and goes. And I like to treat it as just like this nice bonus emotion that I get to experience every now and then. And sometimes I can generate it for a long time and sometimes it's nowhere to be found really. So rather viewing your unmotivation as a sign that it's not working or it's not worth it, view it as normal. View it as part of the process. Just like self-doubt, it's going to be there. It's your job to manage it. But if you expect it, you're not going to be so shocked when you feel unmotivated and full of self-doubt one morning, right? When you're, if you've planned to go on live, on Instagram live, and you, you were really motivated three days ago, you were feeling really confident and the day comes and you're like, oh shit, 
I have to go on Instagram Live? What if I mess up? Uh, What if I can't remember my script? All of that stuff. All of that stuff is your job to manage and to recognize that those are just thoughts. But they're going to come. That's my main point. They're going to be there. And it's okay that they're there. I want you to expect yourself to experience self-doubt and I want you to expect yourself to be unmotivated so you're not surprised that these things happen and use them against yourself. It's normal for you to be excited, feel motivated, not excited, feel unmotivated. And you're going to want to quit, but it's not a sign to quit. And this is where part two comes in. It's the why, okay? Why do we set goals? The why is so so important. There are what I like to call two different types of whys. And both of them need to be looked at. First type of whys are surface level reasons. These are what we feel like are acceptable to tell people. These are the things that we will post online that we will think Um, is going to motivate us. We think these are the reasons that are really going to pull us towards our goals. But generally they don't. I call these like surface level motivations. And look, they're not bad. I'm not saying that they are even incorrect in motivating you. But they're just kind of shallow, right? They're just surface level motivations, things that we may have heard other people saying, so like, yeah, that that should motivate me. So I'm going to use weight loss as a goal because this is the number one New Year's resolution across the board, right? And the problem with most goal setting is that you're not really truthful in why you're setting the goals to begin with. And I'm not saying that you're lying. I'm saying that you're not really completely maybe even aware of why you're making the goals in the first place. So with weight loss, if I asked you why you wanted to lose weight, you might say some very common responses like, I want to be healthy. I want to have more energy. I want to fit better in my clothes. I want to be able to go on a run. These are very common. And they're fine. They may be really true. You may really want some more energy. You may really want to wear certain types of clothing. They aren't bad reasons to want to lose weight. But these reasons are not very compelling. And I know that because if they were, they would have worked already. Right? I use these as motivations for myself. Like telling myself, well, I really do want more energy. So that's why I want to lose weight. And for a long time, I didn't even let myself put the goal of wanting to lose weight because of the deeper motivations that I'm going to get to. Because what is happening behind the, well, I want more energy and I want to be healthy, is that there are deeper, more unconscious beliefs that we are believing about ourselves, Subconscious, I should say. What happens is those deep-rooted reasons that we aren't acknowledging are actually the ones driving that short-term motivation to accomplish our goal. So the deeper motivations can also be very unhelpful. And it's really important to understand what we are making our goal mean. Okay, I'm going to continue with this weight loss example. Maybe your goal is to lose 20 pounds. And you would be at the end of your 20 pounds, you would feel prettier. You would feel healthier. You would feel like you um, were more accepted and loved. Maybe it would mean to you that it makes you more worthy as a human. And maybe at, at first you're like, well, no, that's not true. But just take a second and really consider what you're making your goal, whether it's weight loss or any other goal, what you're making it mean about yourself. 
do you see how these sneaky thoughts get in there? That, yeah, if I just lost weight, then I would just be better overall, right? I would just be a whole better person overall. I would be, have more energy, and I'd also be way hotter, right? They kind of sneak in together. They kind of just hang on. Yeah, I want to be healthier, which is code for I want to be thinner. And those are not necessarily correlated. I want to do an exercise with you so that you can apply this right now. I want you to grab a pen and a a piece of paper and pause this recording as needed. It's going to be pretty short. Um, I want you to pick one goal that you want to accomplish in the next six months, okay? I'm going to have you envision yourself and I'm going to ask you a few questions. And I want you to write down what comes up. So I want you to envision yourself six months into the future. Okay, it's June 2021. And you have completely accomplished your current goal. 100% this goal is completed. You did everything you needed to do. You worked hard, you focused, you did exactly what you set out to do. You've accomplished your goal. Congratulations. How do you feel right now? Really consider your feelings in this moment. Write down all of the emotions that come up for you. Now, what are you thinking about yourself right now in this moment? Now that you've accomplished your goal. What are you thinking about who you are? Write down all of the thoughts you have about yourself now that you've accomplished this goal. Make it specific to you and your goal. Something that means a lot to you. Okay, that's it. That's the exercise. Now look at your paper. You should have some feelings and some thoughts. I don't know what you wrote, obviously, so I'm going to continue on with my example of the weight loss. And if you had written down your goal of 20 pounds, that's what you wanted. It's June. Now you can put on this bathing suit that you've never worn because you've been waiting to lose weight before you wear this bathing suit. And you wrote down, you feel confident and you're happy and you feel beautiful. And the thoughts you might have written down are, wow, I can't believe I actually stuck to it. I'm finally where I want to be. I can commit to things. I can accomplish things I want to do. I'm way more attractive and I am successful. Those are some powerful thoughts, right? The reason I had us do this exercise is because we think we have to accomplish goals before we give ourselves permission to think those things about ourselves. I want to repeat that again. We think that we have to accomplish certain things before we give ourselves permission to believe in ourselves, to think those things and to feel that way about ourselves. So if you wrote down that after you finish your goal, that you're successful and you're beautiful and you're confident, what is stopping you from thinking that right now? Because that's what you want, right? It doesn't really matter what the goal is. Ultimately, we are chasing an emotion. We are chasing a feeling that we think will only come if we accomplish something. And that's not true. Because the thing that is giving you your feelings is not accomplishing the goal It is your thoughts. It is your thinking about yourself. It is your thinking about your body, about your worth, about your value, about your success. And all of that is very subjective. And I know you may logically agree with me. 
but I want you to really consider if this was true. What if you don't need to lose weight in order to believe that you are incredibly attractive? What if you don't have to make a certain amount of money to believe that you're really successful? What if you don't have to set these crazy goals to prove your worth? Okay, these goals are not necessarily crazy. But what I mean is that the reason why this is so important to acknowledge and be aware of is because the wrong way to set your goals is if your worth depends on them. If you believe deep down that your worth is tied to your accomplishments, that means everything you do or don't do is increasing or decreasing your value. And so your worth is going to increase for making more money or decrease from not making enough money. Or maybe you believe you'll just be a better person or a better mom if you're more organized. Finally, this is the year you're going to get organized and you're going to be a better mom because of it or a better person and not such a hot mess, right? Or that you're finally really beautiful. You were kind of beautiful before. But now you're actually beautiful because you lost weight. None of these things are true. Because what you're doing is you're putting your self-worth on the line. And this gets really hard because when you want to give up and you're unmotivated, what happens? Well, what happens is that we prove this true. We prove to ourselves that we are not successful, we quit and we show ourselves that we can't stick to our goals, we give up and we don't try to exercise or lose weight, and we show ourselves that we're ugly because we're believing that we can't love ourselves until we accomplish those things. We feel worthless, we feel worthless, crappy, and beat yourself up. Those are the things that happen. And none of those things are helpful, nor are they true. Because my friends, your worth does not change. And yes, this is a very big repeat of my message from the last episode and the episode before that. It will be a constant theme because it always comes down to this. Every person I've coached When I get down to the real nitty gritty in our coaching sessions, it comes down to our worth. It comes down to your worth. Your worth doesn't change. Your worth will stay the same if you make $0 or $100,000. You are worthy at your highest and lowest weights. You are worthy now and forever. You are worthy because you are here on earth as a human being. That's it. That's the requirement. You can argue and you can tell me I'm wrong. But how much more helpful would that be to believe? Your worth is set in stone. You might as well recognize it. Recognize the worth you have right now. This is really great. Because when you do quit something, we always quit something or another, right? Or we fail at something. And failure is subjective. So you can choose to believe whatever failure means to you. If you fail at your goals, guess what the worst thing that is happening? Truly, what is really happening to you? The worst thing that happens is that you feel crappy. That's it. The worst thing that can happen is that we feel negative emotion. And next episode, I will explain how to feel and deal with negative emotion in the context of setting goals. So if you know that your worth is not changing, you've dispelled the myths of goals and the wagon that you don't fall off of. 
and you know your worth is not on the line, you can really accomplish whatever goal you want. Your worth hasn't changed when you're successful or when you're failing. Even if you continue to mess up, even if you continue to fail, even if you never accomplish a goal in your life, which is probably not even close to being true, your worth is never on the line. So when you figure out why you want to lose weight, make more money in your business, or stick to a workout routine, really get honest with yourself and make sure you're not trying to hustle for your worthiness. Because what is interesting (laughs) when people start to understand this concept, women especially, are so used to trying to hustle for their worth and prove their success, they feel like they won't be motivated to try. Like, well, if I can't prove myself, this is what I'm, you know, doing this for is to prove myself. And there's nothing to prove. You don't have to prove that you're beautiful or worthy of love or acceptable because you are those things right now, just as you are. And sometimes you'd be like, no, 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 no. If I'm not actually going to be a better person, then now what? I won't do anything. I will just lay there and be a couch potato. And I will say, and you will be a lovely couch potato. <laughs> but seriously, okay, let's, let's seriously ask that question. It's a great question. Why would you want to do something? If your worth never changes, why are you going to want to try? Also, I want to point out, if you're a mom, which most likely you are if you're listening to this podcast, would you tell your kids this? Would you put the goals with your worth on the line in the context of your children? Is their worth on the line when they fail a class or a test? Is their worth on the line if they quit a soccer team or a baseball game? No, of course not. We look at our kids and we think that we love them unconditionally, right? We know that their worth is not changing. We know that if they mess up, that they are completely capable. We know that they're still the most amazing person in the world. That applies to us too. We are all just kids learning our way. And we get to parent ourselves sometimes. Our higher self, that intelligent soul within us, gets to have a turn to be parented. We get to parent ourselves and remind ourselves of our value. So why would you want to do anything if you're not hustling for your worth? If your worth isn't up for grabs, if you have nothing to prove, why are you going to do the things you want to do? Why are you going to try to lose weight? Why are you going to try to exercise? Why are you going to try to make money in your business if there's nothing to prove? Well, here are a few of my ideas. I'm going to strongly encourage you to come up with your own. Get creative, get curious, put your brain to work. Start asking it this question. Why would I try if I am 100% lovable and beautiful and sexy and funny and endearing right now as I am? Why would I even try to do anything else? I don't know. Think about it for a while. These are my personal reasons that I use to motivate my own goals and the why that I like behind my goals. And these have taken a while to craft because I also had to figure out what worked for me and unlearn that my worth was not on the line and that I didn't have anything to prove and that failure wasn't the worst thing that could happen. Okay, so here are mine. Here are the reasons why I want to try and accomplish my goals. The first one is fun. Wouldn't it be fun to make $100,000? Wouldn't it be fun 
to be able to do 10 push-ups in a row and to have muscles on my arms because I can't do one push-up right now. I'm serious. Fun is a core value in my life. And I didn't recognize this as a value until a few years ago when I realized how much fun motivates me. And I'd love to have fun. Why not make as many things as possible fun? I think everything can be fun. Everything shouldn't be fun, but most of the things can be fun. So why not put more fun into my life in places that I don't even expect it, like doing push-ups, right? Wouldn't it be fun? That's my thought. Wouldn't it be fun to do X, Y, and Z? Sure would. Number two, I want to see what I'm capable of. This really gets me going. I'm turning 28 this month. I love my birthday month. And it feels significant in a lot of ways. And it feels really powerful. And partly because most of my life, I believed my worth was on the line. I believe I had to hustle for my worth and prove myself. And because of that, I didn't want to go outside my comfort zone. I didn't want to fail. I didn't want to try things that were too hard. Because if I did, and my worth was on the line, I couldn't risk that, right? That puts a lot of pressure on me. But all that pressure was not really there. But because I felt that way, I held myself back. I did not let myself really go out of my comfort zone too often and too far. And a few days before Christmas, I was having a conversation with a friend. And she complimented all of these things I have accomplished. And I was really flattered and kind of taken aback because she pointed out some things that I really hadn't acknowledged as an accomplishment. And on my drive home, after speaking with her, one, it reminded me that I should be celebrating all of these small yet significant accomplishments in my life that I've kind of, oh, brushed away. But also, it really got me curious because I thought, personally, I feel like I haven't really lived into my potential. I feel like I've been holding myself back from really fully stepping outside my comfort zone to really give it a a good go to see what I can show up as. And I just thought, what am I capable of if I really committed to that. If I've gotten this far only showing up relatively inside my comfort zone, what am I capable of if I really step out of it completely? What if I step out there and grow as much as I can? I want to see what I'm capable of. And this really gets me curious, motivated, hopeful, excited, and committed. Those are all of the emotions that come from thinking that thought. So I know it's a good one. Number three is that there is no right or wrong path for me, especially in a career field. Um, This really brings me comfort because is failure really failure if there's not a real wrong or right path? I don't think so. There's a lot of pressure in society to find the perfect career or to find your passion and follow it. And I disagree. I am a multi-passionate person. I have strong interests in a lot of different areas. And throughout my entire life, I've had a lot of different desires. In sixth grade, I wanted to be a lawyer because of Elle Woods. And then I wanted to be a communications major And then I wanted to go to nursing school a few years later. I considered hair school for a little bit because it was practical. I even contemplated going to med school to become a cardiologist, of all things, for a hot second. I wanted to become a registered dietitian for most of my adult life, and that's what I was originally going to school for, until I switched my major to conflict resolution and mediation, and I wanted to do personal coaching because of my degree. I found life coaching and I love being a life coach. And I don't make, 
having multiple interests mean that I'm going down the wrong path because I'm choosing one interest. And I don't make anything mean that this has to be the end all and be all for my life, right? Who knows what's going to happen in the next 10 years? I have a lot of goals and a lot of ideas for my life. And I love that there are multiple paths that I could go down. I love that there are multiple options for my future because there's not really one right path. There's not one right way that you're supposed to go. That puts a lot of pressure on you to get things exactly right, exactly at the right time, on the exact right day, so you're making the exact right progress to make everything right. What if there was no right? What if there was just you following your gut, listening to yourself, doing the things that drive you? This thought really helps me. Um, And so the thought I'm offering you is that what if there's no right or wrong career choice? Or for the sake of this podcast episode, goal choice, right? What if there is no specific goal you're supposed to do? You can just do whatever you want. Work on whatever you want. Okay, number four is another question. I really like questions for myself. It gets my brain kind of going. What if I'm committed? What if I'm a really committed person? I love this thought. And it's a question because when you ask your brain a question sincerely and give it time to respond, it will respond for you. It will start generating answers for you and evidence for you that you are a committed person. So what if instead of telling myself or yourself that you're not committed, what if instead of telling yourself, I'm not committed, you ask yourself this question, what if I am a committed person? What if I can commit and find evidence that you are committed and that you're capable of committing? I love this question because when I start thinking of my goal and thinking of the plan, the long-term journey of it, the six months that I want to dedicate to it, I think, yeah, what if I can commit to six months? What if I can commit to 30 days? What if I can commit because I am capable of committing? Ask yourself this question. See what happens. Another reason why I like to make goals is because I want to be an example of what is possible. This is number five. I want to be an example. I decided that I already am an example. We're all examples to each other. We all watch each other's human behavior. We watch what each other posts. We influence each other all the time. My kids are watching me no matter if I want them to or not. And they're going to copy me. Other people will be influenced by me. I will impact other people's lives. Okay, that is just a fact. That is just how human behavior works. We impact each other every single day. We influence each other every single day. We are all examples to each other. And we kind of do this casually, not intentionally, passively. But I don't want it to be passive. I want to be an example. I already am, but I want it, right? And I want to be intentional about what I'm showing people. I want to be an example of what is possible for other women and to my kids, to other coaches, to medical moms, to whoever is influenced by me. I want to be an example of my core values of social justice, of service, of unconditional love, of dedication, and of fun, and following your dreams, chasing after those goals in a non-hustly way. (laughs) I want to show my kids, specifically because they're all little girls, that moms can have careers and have a work-life balance. I want to show other moms that they don't have to settle 
for pushing their dreams aside until their kids are 18. I want to show them that they can work and make money and earn an income if they want to. Women are oftentimes put at an economic disadvantage because they are the main care providers for children. And sometimes this is a good economic choice for a family. Everyone has to make their own choices. But oftentimes women feel obligated to be this role in the family. And it puts them at an economic disadvantage long term. And for a long time, I believed that I had to stay home with my kids. I thought that I really could not work because my real job was to take care of the kids. Of course, I could make side money, but I couldn't let it distract me from my real job, which was being a mom. And I thought that if I did do something else full time, I was failing them. I wouldn't be a good enough mom. I wasn't going to be paying attention to them enough. And what happened because of that was that I started to get resentful, burned out, overwhelmed, jealous of Jeff, and a whole bunch of other not so great things. And this is what I learned. Motherhood and mothering is not a job. I cannot quit being a mom. I'm always going to be the mom to my three little girls. I will always be their mom. It's not a job that I can just give my two weeks resume or resignation. And I didn't submit my resume for this, right? I just decided to become a mom and now I'm a mom. And just like fatherhood, it's a relationship. Motherhood is a relationship. It's not a job. Just like having siblings, that is a relationship dynamic. Cousins, aunts, uncles, friendship, they are all relationships. For some reason, motherhood is kind of separated from that and kind of put on a pedestal in a way that does not help women, that's for sure. And instead, I'm going to throw away the pedestal and show my kids that mothers are real human beings. One of my favorite lines to say to my kids when they start getting very demanding is that mom is a person too. Hey, mom is a person too. I got to eat. I got to rest. I have feelings, (laughs) right? And I want to be the best mom that I'm capable of. And that for me includes working. And I want to be an example of what that looks like to my kids. And For some women, this will include not working. And I am 100% fully supportive of that. For a long part of my motherhood, I did not work. But what I'm saying is that you don't have to follow the rules because there are no rules. You get to decide what is possible for you. You get to create your own rules and possibilities. And you get to be the example of what is possible. Okay. Lastly, this is number six. This is kind of like a bonus thing because for a while it didn't actually motivate me. It wasn't until I really practiced believing one through five that this started motivating me because anyway, I don't even know if that makes sense, but I want to be very generous with my time and my money. And I want to be able to give very generously to many organizations. I want to be able to create a nonprofit. And I want to provide a lot of financial resources to my family. I want to help my grandmother retire. I want to help my siblings through college. And I even want to help strangers. I want to be a very generous person. And part of all of these thoughts, right? All of these things motivate me without having to do with my worth. All of these things have nothing to do with me proving myself. These are fun, curious, cool things that I can see if I'm capable of. Just to see, just for the thrill of it, just to see how much I can progress because that natural desire to progress. And how I do that is by starting to 
believe and practice those things right now. I practice being a generous, loving, kind person right now in order to be a very generous, loving, and kind person in the future. I practice being an example to my kids right now of my work-life balance. I talk to my little girls about my job as a coach, and I talk to them about what I do, and I ask them about what their interests are and what they like to do. And I practice being committed right now because I'm not going to be committed in six months when I've accomplished a goal. I have to be committed right now to accomplish my goal. I have to be committed when I don't feel like being committed to accomplish my goal in order to prove to myself that I am committed. It doesn't work that way, right? We always think that the goal is going to bring us the confidence. The goal is going to bring us the success and the happiness and joy. When in reality, in order to actually achieve your goal, you have to practice those thoughts and feelings that I had you write down right now, today. On the days you don't want to do your goal. On the days you don't want to, when you feel unmotivated and you want to give up, are the days you practice feeling beautiful and successful and confident and grateful. Because I promise you, this is actually how you get to your goal. It sounds backwards, but this is how you do it. You have to start with the why, with your feelings, and with your thoughts. And that's how you accomplish your goal. It starts by practicing what you think you'll get at the end of your goal right now. I know it sounds silly, but this is how it works. You start intentionally believing that you're beautiful and you're worthy and you're fun and you're warm and inviting. Okay, beauties. This was filled with a lot of good nuggets. I would love it if you came over to my Instagram and shared with me what you got from it. What was your favorite part of it? And tell me what some of your goals are for 2021. I want to hear you on Instagram. Share with me. And next week, I'm going to be back with part two. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast so that you don't miss an episode. And we will talk all about feelings and how to get through the rough patches when you're feeling unmotivated. All right. I love all of you guys very, very much. Have a great week. Bye-bye. Hey friend, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Medical motherhood doesn't come with a manual, but I've created the next best thing. My one-on-one coaching program offers all the support and strategies you need to handle all the things that come up for us medical moms. Click the link in the show notes to schedule your free consultation to see how coaching can help you take everything from the podcast to the next level. You'll get free coaching and I'll take great care of you. I'll see you there.